Welcome to the Who and What She Wants podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Ward, and each week I will be interviewing an inspirational female entrepreneur so that you can take away actionable tools and insights to enable you to build the business of your dreams. Whether you're first starting out building your own business, or if you have entrepreneurial dreams that you don't know how to make a reality, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get into the episode. Today, I'm super excited to welcome the incredible Kai to the show. This award-winning fashion designer and stylist recently launched the stunning accessories brand, Leo. Today, we're going to deep dive into Kai's experience, and she is going to share with us how her background has helped to define the businesswoman she is today. For anyone wanting to work within the world of fashion and accessories, Kai's story will help inspire you to chase your dreams and to follow your passions. Welcome to the show. I'm so pleased to have you here today, Kai. Oh, wow. That was a hell of an introduction. <laughs> I know. And I'm not going to lie. I literally feel like sometimes I don't come up for breath and I really need to because I get to the point of the end. I'm like out of breath. Oh, thank oh. you so much, Chloe. And thank you for um, inviting me to be on the show. It's an honour. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so excited as well just to find out more about your brand because I've been insta-stalking you for quite a while now. So <laughs> to find out more about well, all the behind the scenes stuff. So yeah. I thought just to kick off the interview, it would just be amazing if you could just give us a little bit of a background into how Leo was founded and just about the experience that's got you to where you are today. Yeah, of course. So um I started Leo about five months ago during lockdown. On my mind for a few years that I wanted to start my own own brand and I felt like there was a little gap in the market because I I know there's so many beautiful um, jewellery brands out there. Um, a lot of them that I was seeing were stunning, but they were minimalist brands, like, you know, this all this layering and everything, which looks incredible. Uh, they were like everyday pieces you could wear. And I just felt there wasn't enough brands that were all about the maximalism, you know, the impact statement pieces. And so that was my thing is I wanted to create a brand, be that, um, you know, this brand that you'd go to if you were going somewhere special or you just wanted to feel special and wear something a bit state like a statement piece. And that that would be my brand that you would come to. So that was my sort of idea behind it all. Um, My experience so far. So uh, basically, um, I'd done a fashion design degree that was quite a few years ago and I started my own brand uh, the final year that I was there which was called Jackson House and that was where I would um, organise like large fashion shows and help to showcase upcoming designers as well as my own designs and so I did I did do lots with that and I had a really good time with Jackson House Um, and all around that I was working full-time in uh, a legal uh, as a legal secretary but then once I finished that I was working as in a marketing job for a beauty company so I did learn a lot of sort of marketing um, tips and tricks and stuff like that I think that's really helped me and then also around my marketing job I would did several courses including a business course I did styling with London College of Fashion and then I also did photography Um, and so I think all of that just kind of has really helped me get Leo off the ground and I've got a real clear vision of where I want to go with it. 
I cannot believe how much you've done over the past. Like normally people that I've interviewed or myself, for example, I've only maybe done one or two of those things. You've done so much. That is so incredible. Um, I'd love to find out more as well about Jackson House. Was it women's wear that you were doing? Yeah, so I, I was doing women's wear and it was sort of like in the the pricing was sort of ready to wear so it wasn't high street prices and it wasn't like couture prices it was sort of in between and um I just think I had so much fun with it I loved everything that I did with it and I was doing it for about five years and um but the thing was I never had like a kind of like a clear vision of where I want to go I would dabble in sort of designing um, outfits for weddings. Then it would be sort of like wacky swimwear. You know, I didn't have a clear brand vision. And I feel like that's where I fell down with it all because you can't, you know, you can't progress with your brand unless you have a clear brand vision. Um, So yeah, I had the best time. I had so much fun, but I think I treated it more like a fun hobby whereas I treat Leo like my business and it is my job and I make sure you know that that is exactly how I treat it so that's the difference between the two I think. Mm, I love that though and it's great because you obviously learned a lot from doing Jackson House and you kind of worked out that in the future if you're to bring out a brand that the brand vision is so important so it sounds like you've definitely learned a ton from running um, Jackson House as well. What was it five months ago that kind of gave you the push to get Leo started? So I think um, having my little boy so he's um he's one years old now and we just moved house on the lockdown I think it was all a bit crazy and I don't know I think it was just it'd been brewing in my mind for a long time and I just thought now's the time to do it while he's little and I can start building it up getting it off the ground so that by the time he goes to school I can be you know full time on it um, but it's actually taken off a lot quicker than what I sort of anticipated. So I'm just trying to keep up with it all. That's so incredible, though. And especially that you only launched five months ago. Like In terms of a business, that's still relatively, you know, like quite a recent launch. So that is so incredible that you've had such great success so far with it. What was it that made you go down the jewellery and accessories route? Again, this has a little bit to do with having my little boy. So... When I had Jackson House, the amount of stock you have, you need like a warehouse, really, if you're going to open up a fashion label because you just have so much stock, so much fabric. Um, Whereas I thought, right, I need something that I can keep in the house and it needs to be, um, you know, something small, basically, so that I can stock a lot of it and, and stuff like that. So, again, learning from my previous experience. So I think that was in the forefront of my mind. I've got my little boy. I need to work around him and I need things that are going to be accessible. I can get my hands on there and then uh, rather than having to go to a warehouse or something. Um, and then, again, just I've always loved jewellery and accessories. So that, you know, was just the next step for me, really. I love that. It's so I love as well that you've managed to find a like a role and a business that will fit around your personal life because I think I mean I'm sure you agree but I think it's kind of come apparent to a lot of people since lockdown's been happening that actually we need to have a bit of a better work-life balance because I feel like before there was such a culture that almost your job came first and you'd have to go and do your nine to five and then come home and still manage your home whereas now from us all having to work from home and things it's just become apparent that's not possible anymore like we're not you know we're, we're not superhuman we can only 
media we can do. And I think it's so great that it's begun shifting sort of company culture and work life culture that we are now prioritizing our families and we have the ability to do that. I think that's so great. Oh, definitely. And I've loved seeing so many businesses coming out of lockdown. You've obviously noticed the same, you know, people seem to suddenly start following their dreams because they've had the time to do it. Mm, definitely. It, were you nervous at all about launching in lockdown or in sort of the year of COVID? Not really. I think I was so focused and determined. I, I literally didn't care. I wasn't worried about what anyone would say or think. I just I just did it really. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm the same, to be honest. I It was last year that I left my job and worked full-time with my business. And so many people said after, they were like, oh, my God, were you not so scared, like, doing it at such a kind of unstable time? And I was like, I didn't even think about it, if I'm being honest, at the time. I just kind of went That's for it. And it amazing. wasn't until... In like so six months or so after it and then I was like oh yeah I didn't even think about it to be honest it just happened to be that was when it worked out for me to try it out and it sounds like it was the same sort of situation for you but oh yeah definitely well you've got to kind of jump off the cliff one way or other and I felt like where the world was so unstable anyway I was like oh well amazing you know what's one more thing just chuck it in the pile it's fine um, so you launched the brand five, five months ago how long did it kind of go in from the point where you were like right I'm definitely doing this to then having your website live and products starting to be sold well I I launched Leo I didn't literally have anything I didn't have any you know followers obviously on the page I didn't have a website didn't have any um packaging I, I didn't have anything I literally just started with these products putting them out there and seeing if anyone wanted to buy them um you know all, all these things were in my mind to do the website and everything and I think previously before having my little boy I wouldn't have wanted to launch anything without everything being perfect um but now I just thought I just need to get going get my ass into gear and things will follow suit you know once I start I know that I can get these things done so that's basically how I started. And then, yeah, pretty quickly, I think within literally like a couple of months, I'd got my website and packaging sorted, uh, maybe even sooner than that. Um, I had, I think I had a sale on my first day that I put the products out there. Wow. Yeah, you literally do have that's a little so happy good. dance when you get a sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I know the feeling. It, it's crazy, isn't it? Because even though you put the products out there, nobody tells you, but there's no guarantee that anyone's actually going to buy them. No. So when you actually see someone who's kind of committed and actually paid money, you're like, oh my God, it's happened. It's happened. And the thing that I loved is it wasn't even one of my friends because you kind of hope that one of your friends or yeah, family will buy yeah, something. Almost like a pity purchase. <laughs> it was somebody, um, oh. it was like, oh, just somebody from away. So it was even better. <laughs> That's incredible. That is so good. Did you do all the Instagram page and things by yourself and the sort of initial setup? Yeah, yeah, I did um, Did all that. I mean, like I, I was used to doing stuff like that with Jackson House and then obviously with my marketing role before I knew, you know, how to set up the social media and things like that. 
Yeah, that's so great. It seems like a lot of your past experience has kind of fed into being able to make the business such a great success. So that's so amazing. I'd love as well just to touch on something you said, because I think it's such an interesting topic. I know it's one that really affects me as well. So I just find it really interesting to talk mm -hmm. about. But I know you kind of mentioned that before you would have sat on the fence waiting until everything was perfect to launch. And then on this occasion, you've kind of decided, you know what, I'm just going to do what I can do now and keep yeah. working on it. How did you kind of overcome that? Because I know it's something I struggle with so much much as well the whole perfectionism yeah. and you know feeling like I can't launch or move forward until it's exactly perfect but to be honest I think when you run a business that just doesn't work you have to just do it how did you overcome yeah, that definitely and I think a lot of people probably feel like that and I myself was exactly the same before um you know I wanted to get every single thing perfect my website had to be perfect and etc cetera, etc cetera. but this time I just I just felt like grabbing it by the balls and thinking I'll sort it out you know I knew in my head that I could sort it out um once I got the ball rolling and I think it was great it, I'm so glad I did it that way because it really helped like build momentum it really did give me the kick up the bum that I needed to get my website finished as quickly as possible and I think with a website, anyone that's ever done one knows that you can tinker with it till the cows come home. Like you can you can perfect it for months and months because you'll always find things that need doing on it. But like when you're in a rush to do it, it's better to just get it finished. It's finished is better than perfect. Definitely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think it's so important. I think it's something that I know perfectionism is kind of something that just seems to be so prominent within our culture in general. Like I feel like everyone strives for perfectionism with everything they do, but it's just not sustainable. Like we're human beings, we're not meant to be perfect. No, definitely not. And I think I definitely think it has helped me like not to worry too much about all that and just the most important thing for me was starting and just keep bloody going. <laughs> yeah no definitely a hundred percent had you always wanted to be an entrepreneur do you think uh, I think I've always wanted to do something interesting and fun um when I was younger it was actually acting that I loved and I liked like um spending ages writing plays and stuff like that like a dream job for me would be working on something like Fleabag you know I I just dreamed of working on mm. like comedies and things like that um but I totally chickened out never went to drama school and then fast forward a few years I obviously I mentioned I was a legal secretary for over 10 years and even though I loved my job and my colleagues um and the company I work for they were all great um it's just that I've always been quite creative I've loved fashion and styling and I wanted to be in a career that I could use my own skills and yeah just basically that's when what pushed me to train for a degree in fashion design then mm, I love that how were you managing as well to kind of show up for your full-time career and also be learning all these extra skills on the side as such like how were you managing your time there? Um, so my employer was amazing and they literally worked around my uni schedule so whenever it would change they would accommodate me and so I'd go in I think it was three days a week into the solicitors and then the rest of the time I'd be obviously in uni then so yeah it, it, I was just so lucky I mean they could have told me just you're gonna have to go when I told them I was going to university because obviously my hours were all over the place but I'd been there for so long like they you know appreciated me and they were happy to help 
Mm, that's incredible. What an amazing company. It's a shame more companies aren't like that because it would make sort of working for an organization so much more enjoyable. They sound absolutely awesome. What? How was it as well for you going into, I suppose, technically further education what was that experience like well I was the oldest on my course obviously and uh, but to be honest I loved it I absolutely loved going back to uni really enjoyed being around creative people every single day even the crap days were amazing you know Um, even when people would moan and like it would be stressful but I just I loved it because it was so different to what I'd been doing for the past 10 years Mm. Oh, I love that. Because I think some people have dreams of going on to do further education, but they always get too scared where they're like, oh, this isn't what I should be doing at this age. Like, I think people can get so stuck with that kind of mentality. Yeah, it is scary. You know, I was nervous and everything when I started. Um, I definitely was nervous. And also I had the least um, skills of everyone on the course. Like they'd all done the two years training leading up to doing the degree whereas I had no training whatsoever. So they were all like well advanced compared to myself, but all the girls were so lovely on the course. I had like a really, a really good time while I was there. Oh, it sounds amazing. It's made me jealous as well. I'd love to go on and do something like that. It sounds so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, do you know what? It's one of those things, isn't it? Sometimes it can be so hard because I think when you're a creative person, I don't know if you'd agree, but I always have a million and one ideas of things I want to do because I love so many different things. I can find it really hard sometimes to niche down and decide what to do. Do you ever have that experience? Is that just me being super flaky and all over oh, the no, place? Definitely. I think I've, I've got a few more business ideas in my head now that have been in my head for a few years, which I'll probably <laughs> um, attempt at some point. But um, yeah, no, it is really hard because you obviously got a passion for one thing and then you think, well, shall I try something else? And it's being indecisive, isn't it? Yeah, it can be so tricky to overcome that sometimes, especially when you are someone that's super passionate and kind of has loads of different ideas going on. It is so hard sometimes to knuckle down. Um, I know from the outside kind of looking in, fashion can seem like one of those industries that's really hard to break into. What do you what tips would you give to someone who is kind of wanting to start out from scratch and start a fashion based or accessories based business? Um, I definitely say to get as much experience as possible. Um, so obviously to do some courses in whatever you wanted to do, whether it's fashion or accessories. Um, so that's the first point. But also, I think equally important is to do some interning with the business um like I was really lucky I got um I was interning with a fashion designer throughout the whole time I was in uni and she was basically like my mentor um Alice she's absolutely amazing I'm still really good friends with her now and yeah just to have you know a mentor really is so so helpful um because you see the good and the bad sides of everything then if you're if you're working in that industry and then you can decide whether that's for you then 
Mm, I love that you mentioned a mentor and work experience because I do think they're so important and I think a lot of people can overlook them because they just want to jump straight in but actually there is so much to be said for kind of finding yourself a mentor and work experience. How did you go about getting your work experience placement? Did you have to apply for it at all? I looked at who like what was around um, the area and living in Pembrokeshire obviously there wasn't that much um but there was a fashion designer who works over in Tembe. So I contacted her directly and just sent her an email saying, would she be interested in, you know, having me come and work with her and learn from her and stuff. And she was just lovely. And it just went from there, really. I was with her for quite a few years. And since since then, we've gone on to do sort of pop-up shows together at the um, clothes show and things like that. So we've done a lot together since. Oh, that's so cool. It's so nice as well that you've managed to build up a really nice relationship as well as kind of being able to benefit from the mentorship and things. That's incredible. Um, What would you say have been so far the best techniques for marketing your business? Um, So I think I know I mentioned it earlier, but getting clear on your brand vision is like the, the first point. And this is not what I did with Jackson House. Um. But this time I got very, very clear on my brand vision and, you know, what are you going to be selling? Who are you going to be selling it to? Who is your ideal customer and how are you going to sell it to them? So once you um, once you know those things, it will really help you in how you're going to market your business. Obviously, you've got, you know, amazing social media um, now. So like Instagram is absolutely fantastic because it's so visual. Uh, that's a massive help and um and yeah I would just say for me that has been a game changer in getting clear on my brand vision and you know people sort of know then what to expect from you not that you're going to do the same thing all the time but they know your style then and that's why they'll follow you mm, I love that and I think it is so important because I think it's something that often people can overlook Um, especially if they've not had experience of having a brand or launching a business before. Did you use a template or anything when you were working it out or did you just kind of sit with the ideas and see what came to you? Because I know it can be quite daunting trying to come up with things such as brand visions, depending what kind of mind you have, just because it can seem quite almost, it can feel like a business plan kind of thing. And I know some people really seem to shy away from doing things like business plans. Did you have a template or no, anything I at all? No, I didn't have a template. Um, I've got a few apps on my phone that I use to create like sort of, you know, like a bit like Pinterest really, where you would create looks and mm. things like that. So I'd use use these different apps and stuff to see what sort of direction I wanted to go in. And they were really helpful. Um, but yeah, like, you know, getting inspiration obviously from things like Pinterest to start off with. And I think it is great if you can do a business plan because it really makes you sit down and think about how much you're going to spend you know what you're going to spend it on and where you see yourself in a few years you know it makes you do the hard work and think about everything before you start and out which I know is a pain in the butt but I think it really can help (laughs) yeah no I agree to be honest it's one of the things I actually had already launched my business and then went back and did a business plan but after I did it I just really wished I thought I wish I'd done this sooner just because actually I've really benefited from having one now but um, it 
it is it's crazy I don't know what I think I sometimes put myself in that box where I'm like oh I'm a creative person like I'm not very good at doing things like business plans because they're too like structured for me but I love what you were saying that you were also using apps and things to make it more of a visual representation of what your brand was going to look like I think that's such a great workaround if you are more of a creative kind of yeah, mind definitely um it it is good to have something down on paper I mean I haven't done a full business plan but I've I've done a very like you know a brief one and I will do go into a more in-depth one now in the coming months because I think it is important to know like your projection and things like that but even if you just do a brief one it's way better than doing nothing <laughs> oh I completely agree to be fair when I said I did one, yeah. definitely a brief one. <laughs> it's not like a dissertation I wish it was but it can literally just mine is literally I think it's a page and a half or something like it's yeah. super simple but someone actually gave me some really great advice they were like unless you're looking for investment the business plan only needs to be enough to serve you and obviously if you're going to hire any staff as well just so they can kind of see it and know exactly what you're all about yeah. as a company but um once I said that it kind of like took the pressure off because I could just see in my mind's eye like the thought of a business plan to me was like some kind of uni dissertation and I was thinking oh god I've already done that once and I want to do another one of those but actually like you say you can just make it what you want it doesn't have to be super yeah, intense really, it's only for you to sort of reference and look back on and things like that unless of course yes you are going to try and get investment and stuff but it's just good for yourself to know you're on the right track and things yeah no definitely I know you mentioned something previously as well which is quite an interesting point especially if you are starting up a product like a sort of physical product-based business um I know you mentioned kind of initial investment how did you did you were you quite clear initially what it was that you wanted to spend start up the branded thing because I know again that can be something that's super scary if you're having to invest your own money into getting started yeah, definitely I um I put savings aside for when I started my business so I initially only invested you know a small amount and then I'd invest a bit more and a bit more and I know exactly how much I've put in and then I I could stop investing it then because obviously um, I can just work with what's there then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it, it helps to have some savings or, you know, an initial investment. Because if you are buying products in and stuff, you, you need that. Mm, definitely. I think I really agree because I think sometimes people can be... I don't know about you, but I always come across these things on like Instagram and things. Now they're kind of like ads and things and they'll pop up and they'll say things like, I've made a million dollars off like no investment. And I'm like, how have you done this? Like what? I feel like with any business, there's some kind of initial startup cost, even if it's really minimal, like there usually is something. So it's definitely good to feel comfortable with the money that you've got saved and knowing that you're happy to invest that and maybe not see a return on investment for a little while. Just... I feel like it's good to be realistic about those kind yeah, of things, isn't it's, it? Well, it's interesting you say that about those crazy ads and stuff because I did um, work in an accountant and she always said to me that most businesses don't make any money within the first year. It's uh, the only people who make money mm. straight away are people who are selling their time. So, for instance, if I had gone into styling, I'd be selling my time. So I would be making money straight away. Um, you know, I'd be charging a flat fee and all that money would come to me, really. 
um whereas like because i'm selling products i you know i need the money for the materials and the packaging and all that sort of thing so that is interesting Mm, I love that you've mentioned that, actually, because I've never thought of it that way before. But you're actually so right. I suppose with a time-based business, you kind of do get initially reimbursed. I'm sorry, like reimbursed straight away. Whereas um, with a product-based business, obviously you don't. But I I think especially with a time-based business, because that was the model that I started out on. And I wish I'd known this sooner because you don't always think of it. You don't think of the long-term vision, but you're always going to hit a ceiling. Whereas with a product-based business, really you you've got as much scope as you can afford to keep reinvesting into the business yeah, exactly. haven't you you know it can grow and grow because you know you could be selling to the whole world basically but obviously if it's your time you've only got so much time mm. to give so yeah there's good and bad yeah definitely it's just always something so interesting I think to think about when you first get started um what have been would you say your biggest challenges on your journey as an entrepreneur course, so definitely, far definitely 100% the technical and admin side of things um like staying organized <laughs> with you know doing your accounts and not letting them get in a mess because because things have taken off so well and I you know I've been so busy it's easy to just sort of push everything aside and then you're you know a month has gone by and you're like holy crap you know what's going on with my accounts um but I am getting myself organized (laughs) so I have now got like QuickBooks you've seen the advert on telly for small businesses and they're they're brilliant because it it just basically does it all for you so yeah if you're a technophobe and you don't want to do anything then use something like that (laughs) yeah no I've just recently started using QuickBooks as well it is so amazing because I'm like you like I can't I can't stand on the accountancy side of things it's so stressful (laughs) (laughs) um I love that you mentioned that though because I think you know I think what's good to remember when you're starting a business you might not be able to do every single part of the business but it's kind of just having to dip a toe in and find a way that works for you definitely I mean obviously to start off you kind of have to do a bit of everything because you're the only person you can rely on um but yes you know once you get going there are ways to make life easier for yourself definitely Mm, yeah I couldn't agree more um I can imagine as well that kind of having to find and work with suppliers is quite a big part of the running of a product-based business do you have any tips at all for initially being able to source and find suppliers and then obviously being able to successfully manage your relationships with them just to ensure that they're helping your business as much as possible moving yeah, forward? Well, I think I've been quite lucky to find some really great suppliers. Um, I mean, obviously, my advice would be definitely order samples of whatever products you want to sell first before you place an order, which I know is like common sense. But um, a few times I have just kind of like risked it and ordered a larger order without checking the the samples first and that's cost me money then so yeah no definitely order samples see what kind of service they're providing and then go from there mm, I love that and would you say do you think that you can kind of just find suppliers online what would be that yeah journey? I mean I found my suppliers online um I don't really know it depends you know what you're going to be doing and selling and stuff um 
I don't, I don't know really but yeah I mean I suppose online would be your first protocol mm, I think that's so inspiring though for people to be able to hear that because I think there's a bit of stigma where people kind of think like oh I don't know how to get started and the great thing is we kind of live in the internet age now so like pretty much anything yeah, can be found online um and obviously if like incredible brands like you're the one that you've obviously managed to launch if that's how you've got started as well I think that's so inspirational for people to be able to hear that and think oh okay yeah, like, I could do no, that you know that's the thing you know it's just it's taking time you've got to set time out to build a relationship with your suppliers and check that you're happy with them and and everything yeah it is building relationships with them really thank you for sharing that though I think that'd be really insightful for everyone listening um what does a typical working day look like for Uh, you well at the moment I get up about half past four well around half past four and I usually do a little workout and then I'll answer my emails and messages so then my little boy gets up around six and it's brekkie for him and then I take him out for a walk in the buggy and I've stopped listening to music when I'm out now and I always every day listen to business podcasts and I find that has really really helped me um all sorts of different type of business podcasts you know not just like fashion or jewelry based so every day I'm getting a bit of knowledge into my brain <laughs> and then um, when we get back <laughs> is usually his snack and then nap time so that's when I usually wrap my orders and sort you know my website out or social media or whatever and then after lunch I'll usually take my little boy to the park or for a walk or something and then it's home bath dinner bed and then obviously in between all this I will have to do some work when I can whether it's on social media or my website or whatever I mean obviously I don't want to be on my phone all the time because I'm looking after my little boy but it's just finding a balance with it all Mm, I can't believe you get up at half four as well that is so impressive have you always been an early riser or is that something you've had to kind of start doing since having your little boy and obviously oh God, launching no, a business as well getting up at that time previously <laughs> um, I love my sleep so um definitely I'm so not. impressed no that's only since having him that I just do that because it gives me that time to myself where I can sort of catch up on everything before he gets up and it's all like manic then <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I know there's a lot of chat as well at the moment, kind of online about morning routines and things. Would you say you've kind of that is what almost that time is like a bit yeah, of a morning definitely. routine for you? Um, because I I do try and exercise every day, and that is usually my time to do it. Or sometimes I'll do it when he's having his nap. So I will get up, exercise, you know, downloads of water, and then try and do some work then before he gets up. I'm so impressed. Oh, You're no, making honestly. me feel bad now. I That's feel like only I need come to since get. I've like I have been always been a bit more of a morning person, but I would never get up at that time before. <laughs> <laughs> that is so impressive though do you find as well it's quite a seven day a week yeah, job definitely. running your business I think when it's your own you can't stop thinking about it you know you're always there to either answer messages or you know deal with something that comes up so it's definitely seven days a week and it is on your mind constantly <laughs> 
Mm, yeah it's hard to switch off sometimes yeah. isn't it um especially when you have got your family as well and you know obviously when things are back up and running in the world a bit more obviously you're out seeing your friends and whatnot and it can be so difficult sometimes to balance it but it sounds like you've done so well in kind of setting up a routine yeah, that I works for you lockdown I mean it's it's obviously a crap time for everybody no doubt about it um, but I think having this business has really helped keep me focused and have something, you know, to look forward to, really. Mm, yeah, I love that. Do you find like, the packaging, like the packaging and posting of the products can take quite a chunk out of your day? Just because I've recently launched a product based business, I've, I, I kind of underestimated how much time oh God, that yeah. side of things would take. <laughs> Especially because I love to like package everything nice and I think the other day I packaged like five things in an hour, like only five things. That was ridiculous. And I was fuming with myself. That I'd <laughs> taken so long, but it, it literally did take that long because I wanted it to look nice and, you know, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, it's crazy. You, you underestimate how much time it's actually going to take you. Yeah, no, definitely. I completely relate. Do you have to take it down the post office and things as well? Or have you, are you using I was like a courier using, service? Um, the post office, but I'm just switching over to a courier now because obviously because I'm getting a lot busier and it's just so much easier for the courier to come to me and collect things rather than me have to wait at the post office. And, you know, there's always usually a queue and it yeah. just adds a lot onto my time. Yeah, no, I completely agree because I was something that I recently have. I'm starting to look into switching as well because I went to the post office the other day and they actually were closed oh, no. because of sickness in the store or something. And um, yeah, and I was like, oh God. And you know, when you panic a bit, because I was like, in my head, I was like, oh, this is what I do. I was like, <laughs> I need to find a backup now and I was like panicking about it <laughs> and it's so crazy because you don't think of stuff like that like you kind of when you start out especially if you start out with a few orders here and there it's kind of like feasible to do that but the busier and bigger you get it's all of a sudden it's like oh wow I need to like make this make sense for my business now and yeah, not just definitely. make sense I mean, for convenience you, you know once you start getting busier you think how long you're spending going to the post office every day, the queue that you're waiting in, you know, that could be spent at home. You know, that could be an hour a day sometimes with all the COVID restrictions and stuff. So it's much easier to get. A yeah, career, it definitely adds up. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love that. I think I'm actually taking advice from that as well. And I really need to start looking into that next week because it was definitely something that hit me the other week. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, it's changed just now. <laughs> I always love asking people this question just because I think it's a nice, fun question. But where do you see your business in five years' time? What would you say is your kind of vision and your goals so for the business I for the future? I would really love to have a hardworking, creative and fun team around me by then. Um, in a big office decorated beautifully uh, and you know just being around a team that we all love working together having fun expanding Leo and you know eventually having Leo stocked around loads of places around the UK and then eventually all over the world. Oh my god I love that for you I can completely see it as well especially bearing in mind like how much success you've seen so far oh, I think you. definitely watch this space because <laughs> it's going to be so exciting <laughs> and also I love the thought as well of, like, oh it's got to really be cheap, like decorated <laughs> office so <laughs> you're going to have to definitely do some behind the scenes content on Instagram oh, and that's yeah, the thing because I'll be details. wanting to spy on it <laughs> 
Yeah, oh, I love that. Um, and I thought just to finish off the interview, it's just a question mm-hmm. I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast. What advice would you give to all of the incredible women out there who want to start their own businesses but are just a little bit too afraid um, to I get think started? One of the most important things is to stop worrying what anyone will think. I think that holds a lot of people back from starting something. Um, and I think like when you're sort of 80 years old will you worry what so and so thought or said down the street no you'll be kicking yourself thinking why didn't I go hard in with everything I've got sort of thing while I had it so I think yeah just forget what anyone else says and if you've got something that you're passionate about then just go for it and yeah just don't don't even stress what anyone thinks at all oh I love that and it's such words of wisdom and it's something that we all really need to start living by because it's so true so so true um my last last question of the interview what does being a female entrepreneur I mean really to you? think that it means like supporting each other and like being that cheerleader for other women encouraging them to go for what they want and then you doing the same just helps to inspire them as well um I'm in a few sort of like business um groups like women's business groups for entrepreneurs and stuff and they've been amazing like the the help and support and advice has just been fantastic when especially when you're starting out and everything you're just winging everything um it's been nice to have other people you can bounce ideas off and stuff like that so you know I've always been a massive supporter of um other women chasing their dreams and like that was a lot to do with what jackson house was about i would showcase other designers work and provide a platform for them to showcase their work and stuff so i'm definitely a massive supporter of that oh i love that me too as well i just think it's so important and there's more than enough (laughs) in the world for everyone which i think is something that you know is so so true and i think sometimes when people come from a scarcity mindset and they look at things and they think oh hang on a minute they're doing something quite similar to me like i couldn't possibly support them but there's more than enough room in the world for everyone to have success and to be doing things they love so i absolutely love that you said that what a great way to finish the podcast um Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I've literally loved talking to you. And I think you've shared so much wisdom that people are going to be able to take so much away from this episode. Um, I will share your Instagram handle. So for anyone looking for it now is at liou.co.uk. Obviously, website and all of the social media handles will be linked in the show notes. But thank you so much, Kai. I really love speaking to you today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to keep up to date with the latest Who and What She Wants podcast episodes, then please follow our Instagram page, which is at the handle at Who and What She Wants podcast, or hit the subscribe button now. We hope to see you again soon.